All right. So today I want to talk about the digital divide. This is something that caught my attention when I first watched uh, the YouTube video without a net, the digital divide in America by Verizon. Uh, it was uploaded in 2017. And what really struck a chord with me from this video was the difference between the two uh, Philadelphia area schools that were uh, that were uh, I guess followed in uh, the mini documentary. One school had uh, seemingly uh, access to almost any piece of technology they wanted to get their hands on. I know uh, one thing they showed was a robotics lab. The students doing hands-on work, and I mean, obviously, uh, full access to internet. Uh, the, the internet really seemed to be uh, almost an expectation for the students, whereas the uh, school just a couple miles away—I can't remember the name of it—had very minimal access to the internet. They didn't even have Wi-Fi. They had a closet full of of uh, Chromebooks or laptops that were just sitting there because they couldn't be used. And I think like that creates such a division between the students of the two schools. Well, while one uh, school is able to provide their students with hands-on wor hands work that will benefit them. Uh, I mean, that will benefit them greatly. It will help them get, experience with uh, future technology that they could use for a career. The other school struggled just to use technology to get information. They were on much different levels. And uh, if we look at something like the SAMR model, uh, one school, uh, Lower Marion, uh, the rich school, I guess we can call it, they were really like, uh, they were able to modify their learning and, and really like create something new while the uh, other school that I can't remember the name of for whatever reason uh, struggled just to reach a substitution level like they they couldn't even at, at times get access to the internet to get information and that just creates such a divide between the students because I mean that actually just kind of blows my mind like it's almost like one school is living in the 21st century, obviously, and the other is still living in the 1970s or something. Like they're they're learning new information, but they're not really like gaining relevant uh, relevant skills to 2019 or well, I mean, I guess at the time it was 2017, but it's not like they're really benefiting from their education almost. And uh, if we look at the article. Uh, Beyond the, the Digital Divide by Ali Moderas. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, and here the author says, based on its overall analysis, talking about the report they uh, mentioned here, based on its overall analysis, the report surmised that the have-nots were the poor in central cities and rural areas, rural and central city minorities, young and old populations, the less educated in central cities, and geographically, the northeastern and central cities in the south. The divides of the analog years were reappearing in the digital age. And what I'm taking most from this is that there has 
uh, I mean, at least from the analog age, there was already a divide between the haves and the have-nots. And now we're seeing the have-nots, who were a little bit worse off uh, economically, aren't able to afford the technology needed to gain those relevant 21st century skills. They are still living almost in the dark ages. And this kind of bothers me. You know, looking at the schools here in Scioto County, where I've grown up, um, I I wouldn't really consider the majority of them poor or rich by any any means. We're all pretty pretty even, I guess. Uh, they have, I mean, as long as I remember, going back to my elementary school years in the early or uh, early part of the two thousands, we've always had full access to. Uh, we've had computers and and internet and everything, which was really the uh, booming technology at the time. Uh, I know now uh, several schools around here have like robotics labs, uh, have machinery and stuff for like wood shop and stuff. So I don't I don't really think like like well our area is a little bit uh, lower class uh, socioeconomically. I don't really think our schools are lacking by any means. I mean, maybe that's just because I don't have much uh, much experience outside of this area. But it seems like uh, we're not that, that bad off. And I mean, especially not like comparing one school to another. One school doesn't uh, or isn't drastically superior to another. So seeing this, uh, where, where we have two schools that are just miles apart, uh, have such a drastic difference. Is just a little bit mind blowing to me. So uh, to move on from here, uh, talking about my instructional context, and this is this is a little bit weird for me, because something like this, it's kind of difficult. Uh, it's kind of difficult to combat an issue when the issue is that you don't have something. So like for teachers in in the school that uh, are struggling to get Wi-Fi and can't use laptops. There's really not a whole lot you can do. What I'm seeing for this is that the best medicine is using your voice. I guess uh, just bring awareness to administration, to school board, to the city government, or whoever. Whoever can help. Uh, whoever can help make a difference. If the problem is that you don't have the technology to help students. Uh, get those relevant uh, 21st century skills, like like a robotics lab, for example, since I brought that up several times. I mean, robotics are probably here, I mean, they seem to be a, uh, they seem to be a, a field of the future, I guess. It's a skill that could possibly lead to a future career. Uh, it could could lead to these kids uh, finding their, their, uh, their path in life, I guess. And without the technology to help them uh, gain these skills, they just won't. And keeping them in a 20th century classroom where they're just regurgitating information really won't do them much, uh, uh, really won't benefit them much at all. So I think teacher, uh, in this in this case, the best uh, best medicine is to have an active voice. Uh, I also think that encouraging the students to 
visit some outside locations that have the technology they need. Just like, you know, once again, let's, I mean, just keep it to keep it simple for the sake of this conversation. Uh, encouraging them to go to like libraries or something that have full access to uh, the internet, especially if they don't have internet at home. Just make sure they know where they can access what they don't have. And if the school you were working at uh, doesn't have the money for the technology, helping the students know where they can find it so they still are building those skills to an extent uh, could be incredibly useful for them. And, and finally, to look at the uh, the PBL I put together, I, I think uh, the idea I had with this was to make it a... Uh, a multi-day process where all the students are working together in the same place inside the school. And, uh, I mean, once again, if if there's technology the school doesn't have, there's really not a whole lot you can do for a particular uh, lesson or an assignment or a project like this. But ensuring that the students are all doing the project in the same area with the same access to uh, whatever equipment they need will help them learn at the same pace. And again, if, uh, if if there's ever a case where they need to go outside the classroom and uh, and work on the project, make sure they have access to the internet or whatever they, they whatever they need here. You know, in a, in a more developed uh, class, like if you're teaching something like video editing or something and uh, the student doesn't have software to do video editing, make sure, like, tell them a place where they can come uh, or where they can go to access that or see if there's a way for them to get access to the school, building outside of school hours. Just uh, making sure they have access to the technology they need. I, I think that's the teacher's job. I think that's a big part of it. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm convinced that that, that that's the case. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say beyond that, but I, I do think that the digital divide is a big problem. That that video really opened my eyes. And uh, I think the teacher doesn't have much power to give the school the technology, but they can make sure that administration and the school board and everyone above them is well aware of what they need, how important it is that they have it. And I think uh, making sure their students know where they can get access to this technology when they aren't in school uh, could be really beneficial. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs>